Are you a professional woman who wants to create passive income streams and financial freedom through real estate investing? Join us here on Real Estate Investor Goddesses, hosted by Monique Holm. Listen to women who are rocking it in real estate investments as they share their stories of success, failures, and best advice in real estate investing. Start creating real wealth through real estate. Tune in today. Here's your host, real estate investor, syndicator, and developer, Monique Holm. Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I am your host, Monique Holm. On this show, I interview amazing, badass women real estate investors, women that are crushing it in the real estate investing space. And I am super excited today to be interviewing Janelle Wilson, who has been investing in real estate for over 17 years. While being a chemical engineer, she began investing in real estate at the tender age of 22. She used her engineering career not only to fuel her investing, but also give her confidence working in a male-dominated field like real estate is. Uh, along with other engineering-related skills, she used them to help her excel her way to an eight-figure rental portfolio, mostly like small multifamilies in Philadelphia. Today, she's the founder and CEO of the Savvy REI with a mission to share her 17-plus years of hard lessons and personal strategies to help people understand, master, and succeed with real estate investing. I love that. Like me, she's a heart to help others get in the game too and be successful. And I'm super excited to have her. Welcome, Janelle. Yeah, I'm so excited. I've listened to this podcast since 2019. So it's an honor to be a guest on here. <laughs> oh, yay. I love that. And I, yeah, I'm feeling very honored. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so thank you. And I'm so happy to have you. Yeah, at um, the time, I was really looking for a podcast that had women investors on it. I mean, I listen to bigger podcasts, which is great, but I was just really looking for a women's perspective. And when I came across it, I was so happy. So thank you for putting it together. I really appreciate it. There's women out here who appreciate it too. We, we need to hear more from us. Amazing. Well, I'm glad they're able to hear from you today. And there, I know there are a lot of engineers that go into real estate. I think it's just because it's, a, it's such a logical thing to do. <laughs> like once you know about it, maybe that's it. But what, what got you started in real estate investing? Well, what got me started was my dad had duplex across the street from my grandmother's house. So whenever we went to visit, I always remember him going across the street and bringing money. And I've always been into money as a young kid. I've been saving coins, wrapping them up and taking them to the bank. And so it was always on my mind that house across the street equals money. So as time went on, my dad kind of fell on hard times and let the property became vacant and abandoned, you know, run down. I kind of forgot about it. I lost touch with him and the property. But so many years later, when I was in college, I forgot, like I said, I forgot about the property. And my grandmother calls me and tells me that the house is going up for share sale. And I want to save it. I have to come down and find out what I owe on it. So I found out that we owed like 5000 in back taxes. So I got a student loan and I paid the back taxes and stopped the share sale. I uh, went back to school, forgot about it again, graduated, started working as an engineer. And then my grandmother called me again and said that the city's about to tear it down. Now, um, because it's been empty for so long, the roof was bad, you know, rain does, does terrible things to her property. So the back wall was collapsing, the joists were rotten. And if I didn't fix these violations, the city was going to tear it down. So I did what I, the only thing I knew of, and I got a cash advance for my credit card. I don't recommend doing that, but that was all I knew at the time. 
And as I'm down there downtown and they're reading autism violations, I remember thinking that I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know anything about this. I don't have enough money. But there was a contractor there and he heard the story, probably saw me in despair. I was like, I can fix all these things for you. And I was like, really? <laughs> so <laughs> he did. He fixed all the violations. And he was like, you know, I can do the rest of the work for you. But I was like, I don't have money. I started getting estimates for things and everything was high. I didn't really know what to do. So I was like, maybe I should just sell it. I done dumped $10,000 into this property. Don't really have any other resources. So my grandmother brought me someone who offered to buy it for $45,000. And I was like, do they know the condition? And she said, yeah. And I was like, they, they still want it? She said, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, if he wants it, maybe I should keep it. So I was like, I'm just going to figure this thing out. So um, my mom is a cosmetologist and I was in a shop one day and one of her clients actually has a property around the corner from it. And she told me how she just got a refinance. They did a drive-by appraisal and she got a loan for $60,000. And I was like, huh, <laughs> drive-by appraisal? That sounds genius. That's what I'm going to do. So I fixed up the outside. I put new windows, doors, and I got a drive-by appraisal and I got a loan for $63,000. So nice. yeah, unfortunately... There was mortgage liens and water and other more taxes on it. So I wanted to pay up the $45,000 out of the loan. But I had like just enough $20,000 at the time. Seems like really cheap rehab. But I had enough money left over to fix it up. Then I went through the whole gamut of contractor problems. He stopped working on the, on the house and took about eight months to, to renovate. But I was going through it with this property. But... By the time it was finished, I put two Section 8 tenants in there. It started cash $100 immediately. And I was oh, like, sorry, how much did it start cash for? $700. $700. $700. Nice. I know that's a lot of money. It was Section 8, so it was direct deposit to my account. Their portions were like $50. And I was like, I forgot all the drama I've been through. <laughs> and I was like, I'm doing this again. Where is the next property? So that was how I got started. It was a lot of up and downs, but I made it. I think because that house was such a huge challenge, it kind of made me fearless. So I've taken on all types of projects since then. Some too big for my purchase, but I, I survived them. But uh, it prepared me for a lot. And it gave me a new perspective about real estate that I'm really thankful that I got at a young age and been able to capitalize all this time. Sometimes it's good to have all those hard, those challenges up front, because you're right, yeah. it, does, it can make you fearless. Or at least you're like, okay, I survived this and this and this and this. Well, I can right survive here. anything. Yeah. I mean, and the then the easy deals are like so easy. After like, oh, single family, just got to pay. I could do that in a week. But no, but I think because I was young, I didn't have any kids. I didn't have a lot of like stress responsibilities. I can take on those things and learn it at a young age. I mean, now if I was with it for the first time with all the responsibilities I have and other stresses in life, different. So I was fortunate to start early and I could just focus on just let that one thing stress me out. That makes sense. <laughs> That does make sense, though. I think anybody can start. <laughs> it's just what knowing that oh, yeah, it's possible. No. You can, can you can get through it. Yeah, there are ways. Yeah, you can. But I do recommend people start with a cosmetic. Yes, I don't. I don't recommend yeah. ugly ducklings that. with good bones. Is what I'm all about. Yeah. Good, good bones, not broken joints or walls collapsing. Yeah, no, but. none of that stuff. There are certain things that if you fix it up, you will get more money for it. And other things that if you you just have to fix it up, it doesn't give you a penny more. So foundations yeah. and structural things and roofs and all the and pipes, all that stuff is not, doesn't 
bring any more money. Yeah. Kitchens, bathrooms, peace, yeah, <laughs> like all that, those fun things. That's yeah, I just get concerned about the learning curve. So if you're new, then you have all those things, the learning curve is kind of steep and it might, you might get discouraged. So yes. I want people to get into the first property and be motivated by how easy it was and all the money that they made and then start having, because they have the extra motivation for they've seen it to take yeah. on something harder. So tell me a little bit of, before we started rolling, what you're up to now. So share a little bit about where, you know, what your focus is now. So uh, I've been at the quarantine. I really wanted to take a break, but I've gotten so good at just doing triplexes. When everyone brings me a deal, I just take it because it, it seems relatively easy. But with quarantine, things got definitely very hard to manage with my kids being home. But so I'm on my last few triplexes now, but I've started moving into mentoring. Uh, so that's new for me and doing an online course, which is also new. So I'm doing a lot of coming out of my, my comfort zone. So that's like yeah. my big book right now is learning how to teach, learning how to put a course together, which is actually pretty hard and um, mentoring. <laughs> so those are things I'm working on right now. Beautiful. And before we, we record to you're talking about a squatter, you have, you know, this challenge that you're experiencing right now. Yeah. You know, having trying to get somebody out, especially in the middle of a pandemic when you cannot get them out. And that might be related to my next question, which is what, did, what was your biggest mistake and what did you learn from it? But what are you learning from dealing with this squatter? And that, that may or may not be your biggest mistake. Well, why don't you share? Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like every mistake is just a learning opportunity. I, I welcome, yeah. I don't welcome them, but that's why I kind of grow in, in like small steps because there's always something that I don't know. And I, and I understand yeah. that. So if I make a mistake, it's because I don't have experience with it. And I, like I said, it's just a learning experience, but I don't feel like he was a mistake. I just feel like he's a rare occurrence. So I try to weigh things as far as risk and reward or risk and probability. And so whenever I've had a difficult tenant, um, usually it's because I inherited them because I try to always pick tenants that are reasonable. One of the biggest determining factors is not just can they afford it, but are they a reasonable person? So make sure we can always work things out, whether there's some kind of misunderstanding that we work out, or if, if we don't work it out, you just agree to leave. If not, we do eviction, or if not, we do cash or key. So there's always, I feel like there's always a way to work things out to each other's benefit. But yeah. with this particular person, he has proven to be unreasonable, which is why it's not working out. So I don't think it's a mistake. It's just something that happens. But for the probability of my experiences with working on getting tenants out, it's, it's, a, it's a fairly good experience. This is just something I have to go through because of COVID. So, yeah, there's a little, it's just there, there's that. So we were yeah, it's talking always before. Something. I have yeah, I have quite a few tenants that just thought eviction moratorium that rent moratorium and they stopped paying rent. And um you just have to just take it. That's part of the that can be part of the process and the challenge dealing with difficulties. Yeah. I mean, with every project there's always some kind of challenge. And although I have had my favorite challenges with this one, like my contractor, he I've been working for ten years and I try to always keep how in the pipeline from him, which is why I got seven right now. I got a little backed up. But he's going through some personal things and he just decided not to do the work anymore. So I had that going on and then because of that I had to go through taking on projects with new contractors, which is like a whole other animal. You gotta be a lot more involved, you know, they gotta know that you're like this. Because like with him we already are in our group. We know each other. He knows what I want already. So it's very easy. So with new people, you got to learn each other. 
you got to figure out how each other work, work things out when things don't go right. So I had that. And then the squatter guy who was vandalizing the property, cutting up pipes and, and my guys didn't want to work there anymore. They were in danger. So I've been going through a lot with this last project, <laughs> but unfortunately, um, I think I got it at a really good price. It was like a COVID deal. And um, I think I'll still be okay, even with the losses I have suffered. And, you know, that comes with buying right. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's just a part of expecting some kind of challenge to happen with every job. Yeah, for sure. So what would you say was your biggest mistake and what did you learn from it? Let's see, biggest mistake. Honestly, I think the only mistake that I would say I made is with this one particular job where I didn't verify everything in the planning stage. So this big job was on 15 units and we had to get plans and all these people had to be involved. And usually I read everything and triple check because people make mistakes. They copy and paste and all these different things. So because I didn't do that, the plans were wrong. I had to keep getting them sent back over and over again. And I just, it made me realize how important the planning phase is whenever you're doing a construction job. Make sure everything is right up front. I mean, planning in general is really important. When you plan to quit your job, when you plan to do anything, planning is always important. And it takes discipline to plan. It takes discipline to go and read those plans and you don't want to read them. But I think that was like my biggest mistake. And, and I learned that I always need to double check everybody's work. You need to know a little bit of everything just to know um, when something isn't right. Hey, Goddess, have you been sitting on the sidelines and you're now ready to get started investing in real estate? If so, join me for my free online training, how to get started in real estate investing as a busy professional woman. Go to tinyurl.com forward slash W-R-E-I-G to register for our complimentary training and to learn how to get investing in real estate like a goddess today. See you there. Um, what are you most proud of? I'm most proud of me right now for coming out of my, my comfort zone, the teaching and being online and doing podcasts. People have been inviting me to speak engagements, which I would have never thought I would ever do in my whole entire life. I'm an introvert and I like living in a whole my little bubble and people <laughs> push me out into the spotlight. I'm like, ah! so I know that once I do it over and over again, I'll get more comfortable, but it's just getting out of the comfort zone that's uncomfortable. So I'm happy that I am making myself uncomfortable and doing it and welcoming anything that comes with it. You should be proud of it. Public speaking is a, is the biggest fear. More, more people fear that than death. So <laughs> the fact that you're willing to go out there, that's a huge. That's great. And to what do you attribute your success? I think just being disciplined and motivated. You know, you always need discipline and motivation to carry you through things, powering through ups and downs, and always trying to look at the bigger picture and be motivated. I mean, real estate is full of ups and downs with tenants, contractors, the city, bureaucracies, and powering through all of it and staying successful and happy is, yeah. I think, is, is a huge feat. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. And what advice do you have for a woman who's just starting out in this field? I definitely feel like women need to feel like we definitely belong in real estate investing. It's been a male-dominant field for so long. But real estate investing is more than just the money, more than just the financial bottom line, but it involves people, involves making sure your tenants are taken care of, it involves bettering the community, making sure you know everyone is really is benefiting from the whole field in general. You know, it's not just about the money. And I think women care more about that than 
I had this one year where I was working with a GC. We did like 13 projects together. And through like the sixth one, he was like, you know what? I'm only going to work with you for the rest of the year. Even though I make a little bit less money with you, I'm moving into a place in my life where I don't want to work for a-holes. said, and you're nice to my guys. You're easy to work with. You're reasonable. And so we're going to just focus on your project from now on. I'm like, that's great. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. So I feel like us as a, a society is moving toward a place where we really want to be appreciated at work. You know, we don't want to go in a high pressure situation. So if the women can put a spin on it and bring our feminine energy and our love and take care of tenants and everyone else, it will be a better place. There'll be no more slumlords because we will make sure you have heat and can, can compete kids. Yeah, nice places. I love that story. And that I think a lot of women think that they they have to be super tough and they have to nope. show up like men in order to be successful. And that's, I think we're actually so much more powerful when we're in our feminine and we're just like who we are. Yeah. People want to want to work with us and even, well, even if they're making less money because it's so much more pleasant <laughs> to be working, you know, working with people who care about you. And that's why more women need to be in the field. And I, I hear so many people, men say, I just, I love working with women. They like men love working with women, <laughs> women love working with women and they will do it even for less money because yeah. it's a, just it's yeah. a more, more pleasant experience. So. Yeah. Yeah. I tell women all the time. So you don't have to act tough. I said, they, they will respect you just because you respect them. You keep yeah. the jobs going, the money, the money going, you're a fair person. There's more to just being tough than to, that makes a leader. You know, there's other things that make you a leader. And once you ex- exude this respect for people and creativity and other things that you bring to the table, people will naturally respect you. You don't have to act tough. And what do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know? I guess I wish I would have networked sooner. Um, I didn't realize the importance of networking. You know, what gives you an edge in investing, especially in real estate, is information. And more people is more information. So it helps you make more money. It helps you when you get in bad situations. So networking is really important. It's one of the first, second things I teach when I'm teaching my, the people who are taking my course is you have to network, you know, not just us online. I need you to get involved in your, in your local areas and meet people and learn different strategies learn different areas and just build up your network, people to support you. Because also people who are not in real estate investing, they have all types of, all types of bad things to say about it. And if you have a problem, they'll be like, you should just sell it. I told you not to do that. So if you have a network of people who understand, understand you, understand real estate investing, you'll have a better chance of lasting a lot longer. Before we get into our famed end of show Trinity, which is a brag, a gratitude and desire, how can people connect with you, find out more about what you do? So I have a website that's right now it's still a landing page. I just sent it to a web designer. So it's <laughs> JanelleWilson.com, J-H-A-N-E-L, Wilson.com. And um, I'll be coming out with a lot more guides then because I've realized information out here is really cookie cutter and it's really not what people need to learn real estate so i'll be putting out some things coming from investors who's been in the game for 17 years a lot of this stuff is not sexy it's just like old school understanding the market understanding the numbers and learning learning the fundamentals of investing and in people actually so if you sign up for my landing page you'll get noticed when i have information and what my courses and and stuff like that so janellewilson.com beautiful All right, now it's time for our famed end of show, Trinity. So what is one thing you're celebrating right now? What is your brag? 
get my back. <laughs> Come um, up with a new one. I've heard so many things already for you that you can brag about. I know. I'm not good at bragging. I'm just going to brag about, I don't know, being a great mentor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. What did I put? So, so ask me another question. Oh, that's, is that your brag that you're a great mentor? I'll brag. You can brag that it's like, I oh, brag. I'm a great a, mentor. The same about, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a badass investor. <laughs> well brag. Yeah. Beautiful. And what's one thing you're grateful for? Now that COVID, I'm not going to say it's over, but I've been seeing a lot of family that I haven't seen in like a year and a half. I'm just really glad for the ones that have survived. And that we're doing well. People who have their businesses that are still doing well. So I'm just happy to see everyone again and reunite. Try to pick things up where we left off. Beautiful. And what's one thing you desire? A nanny. <laughs> say a man? Really, yeah, a nanny. I really want a nanny. A nanny. <laughs> I heard yeah, a man. Okay, yeah. you want a nanny? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have a seven seven year old, a four year old, and then a one year old. And wow. I'm hoping once I finish these couple triplexes that it'll pay for nanny. Like, All right. Well, so shall your desire be or so much better than you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being on. This was amazing. Y'all, you can connect with Janelle at JanelleWilson.com. And that's Janelle, J-H-A-N-E-L-W-I-L-S-O-N.com. And connect with me at reigoddesses.com. There you can find out about our events, our training programs, our investor club for past investing opportunities, and the blog, the podcast, all the things. And definitely subscribe and like this podcast so you never miss another amazing Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast interview. Bye-bye. You have just listened to another episode of Real Estate Investor Goddesses, a show dedicated to sharing stories of women creating real wealth through real estate. If you found value on what you just heard, feel free to share with your friends. Visit us at reigoddesses.com to learn more about our programs and live events, as well as to access other resources. Until next time.